0: And here we go, first weekend of April. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Glad you're here. Got an action-packed hour. Going to dig in deep on the markets with our week in review. Dean Phillips is going to stop in to talk about trying retirement on part-time. That's something that people do just to see how they like it, how they're going to transition in. Ask Annex is on the way. We're also going to talk about Annex Wealth Management Retirement Plan Services. We handle companies from startups to large companies. Tom Park is going to share some client profiles I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Danny. Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Danny. And there's certainly a lot to talk about. You know, This is the beginning of the second quarter. Obviously, the first quarter was one that came in strong. We were at an all-time high early in January and drifted downward But it did have a nice recovery to end the third quarter,
2: Derek. Yeah, we certainly did. I mean, we talked a lot about sentiment being a little bit too negative. We talked about a very depressed fear and greed index reading. So sentiment was decidedly on the negative side. And and naturally so. We had a lot of negative headlines out there. We had the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, We had higher inflation readings. We heard that the Fed dot plots had gone from three hikes in 2022 to as many as seven. So there was a lot of negativity priced in. And that's what we keep trying to stress to all of our clients. That the stock market discounts forward news, not with a rearview mirror, and that's always important to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. And we did get some clarification on a number of those issues, particularly the Fed. The Fed, you know, obviously raised a quarter point, and now it certainly looks like they're going to do a 50 basis point hike uh, in the next meeting. So, you know, there's getting clarity. And this climbing up a wall of worry always comes and goes when we get more information, and we did get some information on this past Friday afternoon when we got a jobs report, and at the end of the day, in my opinion, it was a really good report. It
2: was. It was lower than expectations on the headline number, but when you add in past revisions, it turned out to be right in line with estimates, but we showed the unemployment rate going down to 3.6 percent, which is one-tenth away from the lowest reading we've had in the last 50 years, so the jobs market certainly remains strong. Wages are rising up 5.6 percent over the past year, and while that's too slow to keep up with the current rate, of inflation, it does suggest consumers are in a fairly good spot. Yeah, so
1: they're coming back to work. 3.6 percent. I mean, that is a really good number. You know, back in the economic class days a million years ago, Derek, we used to say. If Full employment was less than 5%. So we're there right now. And the Fed, of course, has got to worry about the next boogeyman, which is inflation. But a labor force that has people coming back in substantially is really good. There's folks that are coming back into the workforce, which is driving up wages, which, of course goes into the inflation argument.
2: Right, and the other key point on the inflation argument is owner equivalent rent. We know that housing prices have been very strong over the last, you know, couple of years and in particularly the last 12 months, and that tends to leak into higher rental costs down the road. So we do expect inflation to be higher than what we've grown accustomed to over the last 3-4 years, but we do not expect these current readings of 8-9% to last much longer.
1: And, and that is a really good point. You know, we did say if you remember that last year is when we get past key supply chain issues, that inflation might start to come down a little bit. We are in that camp by the end of the year. You might start to get some mitigation in inflation, but the Fed is in a really tight spot. They're going to raise, as we now know, several times coming up. But if they raise rates too quick, the bond market is going to suggest that they're making a policy mistake. And that comes in the form of an inverted yield curve.
2: Right, and and that's typically a sign that the market believes that the Fed is making a mistake in the sense that they're tightening too quickly, as you mentioned and and we're obviously gonna to have to monitor that because a lot of this is gonna be a data dependent issue. Powell has said over and over again that the pace of the rate hikes will be data dependent. And he doesn't want to tank the economy and push us into a recession. So even though some yield curves are starting to invert, there has never been a, obviously a recession without an inverted yield curve, but there have been several times where the yield curve has inverted and we have avoided a recession. And just
1: uh, so folks know what we're looking for, that doesn't mean that the recession starts tomorrow. It does suggest suggest that between 12 and 24 months from now we're going to get a slowing economy and we're going to have to watch that very carefully because it will have an effect on your bottom
0: line. Derek is our chief investment officer, Dave Spano, president and CEO at Annex Wealth Management, part of the huge team that works for you. Can we do it for investment and retirement planning, tax planning and estate planning? We do it every single day as a fee only fiduciary. The website, check it out. Read that Know the Difference checklist. That is important is AnnexWealth.com. But again, the most important thing, and you can do it on a weekend, click that Get Started button. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. It's Sunday. It's April 3rd. Quick break. We're going to be back. 92.5 Fox News. Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. Back in the show, we'll start with a quick reminder. There's a great webinar on Tuesday. It's part of the Women in Wealth series, Investigating Bonds, Corporates versus Munis. Happens on Tuesday, 4 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Eastern. We get the dual time zones because a lot of folks are listening on streaming devices around the country because we have clients all the way around the country details at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Don't have to be a client for that. Again, that happens Tuesday. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer on the show. Dave Spano, president CEO, Annex Wealth Management.
1: Thanks, Danny. I'm sure that everyone like myself is looking forward to the second quarter. You know, the last 90 days certainly has been treacherous and so many headwinds that have been well documented between inflation pressure and geopolitical risks and the Fed in China and so on. And now the inverted yield curve However, Derek, there is an opportunity in the macro environment to find better positions in your portfolio.
2: Well, there always is. You know, and when you think about all those negatives that you just brought up, I mean, when you think about it, the S&P is only down 5% year to date, although it was down 16%. At one point, of course, that was accompanied by peak neg- negativity from the media sources and, and so on. But when I think about our portfolios, you know, one of the things that we've done quite well, I think, on our our team is, is managed fixed income and interest rate risk pretty well. We went very heavy in credit, thinking that the odds of a recession were low. And now that long-term interest rates have risen up to about 2.4% on the 10-year, it may be time to actually think about putting on some interest rate risk because we don't really believe long-term rates are going to go much above 3% on the Treasury.
1: So putting on interest rate risk, now it's easy for you to look over across the microphone and say that to me, but I want you to explain to 50,000 Watts what that means to their portfolio.
2: Well, what it means to their portfolio is when the tenure was trading at 50 basis points or 1%, the Treasury element of that portfolio was providing you little to no protection against you know a stronger economy, uh, higher inflation readings and the rest. But as interest rates Start to rise, and the prices of bonds go down. They become somewhat more attractive relative to, to dividend-paying stocks and, and, and other financial instruments. And the other reason is, you know, in a portfolio, you want to have some cushion because most of the volatility in a portfolio comes from your equity allocation, not your fixed-income allocation. And, and bonds do have a way of, of cushioning the blows, if you will, from unexpected geopolitical events. And so, you know, you walk around, you,
1: you talk to your friends, and they go, you know, this inverted yield curve suggests that. We're- We're going to go into recession. And as you've pointed out, we have had inverted yield curves and recessions tied together. But their, the base case right now is about one-third chance that we're going to have a recession and two-thirds that we're not, given the facts and circumstances that we know today.
2: Right. And when we know that consumer spending has been retarded a little bit by the rise in gasoline prices because that is a tax on consumers. It causes them to have to spend money on things that they perhaps would rather spend on other things, and that can fuel economic growth. So to the degree that we have slower growth, the recessionary risks obviously do rise. But at the same time, consumer confidence can turn like a dime. You know, if we get a settlement in the uh, Russian-Ukraine situation, for example, or we see that the, the inflation readings are moderating, that will boost consumer confidence, probably boost stock prices and asset prices. And you get that wealth feedback loop where people feel richer and are more willing to spend because we do know people are dying to go on trips.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so you, know, we're going to find that out as the summer comes and people are unleashing all of this pent up demand that they had. You know, we were on a call earlier this week and we heard some folks say you know nobody's moving around it really it's your perspective right i mean you know as you and i have traveled you know out east and down to florida and, and other places that demand is out there and that certainly has been happening so it's people's perspectives that's kind of hurting where they are and danny i can tell you you know when that happens is really going to allow opportunities in portfolios and it doesn't mean you know a binary decision sell everything and go to cash you need to go through your portfolio and say who is going to be a beneficiary What companies are going to thrive in an economy that is recovering, where interest rates are a known entity, and that comes from doing the work, and now is the time to do that.
0: Doing the work, and it takes a big team, and we've got one. Uh, CPAs, CFPs, CFAs, we've got a PhD or two. We've got lawyers on the staff, and they're all there for one purpose, and that's to put a complete plan ready for you using the power of the entire Annex team. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. We get it. There's a lot of people that do kind of, sort of what we do, but do they do it as a fee-only fiduciary? Head to the website, read our story, look over that Know the Difference checklist. That stuff matters, and especially being a fee-only fiduciary. You can do it on a weekend. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click on that Get Started button. You're listening to Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News the week in review know the difference minutes team segments planning topics including investments retirement tax and estate it's all on the annex wealth management youtube channel 24 hours a day seven days a week head to youtube and search annex wealth management we're back it's money talk the annex wealth management show 92.5 fox news still to come on the show in fact up next the importance of proper beneficiaries because dave spano i have heard some stories of people that have not assigned the proper right. beneficiaries. Right. you, and you got that. ex-wives winding up with things.
1: And that happens. It that really happens. does happen. So. You
0: don't want that to happen. Also, Another thing you don't want to happen is what's called the gray divorce. We'll talk about that toward the end of the show, a little closer to one o'clock. Just want to remind you, if you came in partway through the show, this show is going to be podcast on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel, so you can find that. And we're on actually on all of the Spotify outlets. I'm Danny Clayton, Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. You know, we finally got
1: some weather this week, which was good, you know, obviously a lot of the courses were dry, and so some rain this week and a little bit of wind. But uh you know, you can see the number of people that are down here in Southwest Florida, the traffic. But you know, the other thing that uh, I get to do when I, I do finally make it out to the golf courses, people always are asking me questions, and one of the things that uh, that we saw this quarter was a negative quarter, and that's something that we haven't seen in a number of years. And that really causes people sometimes to be overactive in their portfolios in trying to time the market. We've said this often, and you've heard it before. When you time the market, you have to be right not once but twice, when to get out and when to get back in. And we've also saw a survey, Danny, that shows that older investors – are really more active, which was just shocking to me, uh, particularly when they're self-controlled. In other words, they are doing it themselves. And they go into their portfolios, and they start making moves in their portfolio, and they monkey around, and they knock themselves off course.
0: You know, it's like any home project, right? You probably wander into places that maybe you shouldn't be. Well, you know, you've all you've done it. I've done it, right? It probably
1: shouldn't have. But instead of calling the plumber, you think, ah, I got this. And then all of a sudden, you've made a mess, and you really have to call the plumber then.
0: Uh, you know my story. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's right. And so
1: one of the things that we would suggest to folks is if you are doing it yourself is the water can get pretty deep in situations like this. And so make sure you know what you own why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. And you can go through a process to make sure that you are aligned right now, because as we covered earlier in the show, some sectors are doing better than others.
0: Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. If you go up and down the radio dial, you, you hear all sorts of shows like ours. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary. We say it. it's one team, it's one plan, one fee. The complete plan is built using the power of the entire your Annex team. You're hearing lots of them today on the show between now and one o'clock. Again, if we can help, it's AnnexWealth.com. You click the Get Started button. Know the difference, folks. AnnexWealth.com. We are going to be back in a little bit. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Those new smartwatches give you all sorts of insights on your personal health. Heart rate, steps, all right there. Wealth Metric gives you key insights on your financial health. If you're looking for analysis and data on your financial health, get your wealth metric by visiting AnnexWealth.com. No, the difference making sure your beneficiaries are properly designated. Really important. Jill Martin is our estate planning attorney at Annex. She heads our estate planning team and she joins us to talk about this. Hello, Jill. Hi, Danny. We hear about this often. Not keeping beneficiaries current can be a costly mistake. How many times have you seen the story about where somebody's like ex wife? Wound up with money. Too many. Too many. Too many. Let's do a segment about that sometime. So (laughs) we're going to cover a fictitious couple that illustrates why this can be complicated and why paying attention is so important. And we're also going to define some terms. So it's a story problem. This isn't the train leaving westbound at twenty miles an hour and the N- other. Not hour. quite, oh, but we could
3: definitely turn it into that if All we right. wanted to.
0: You have a hypothetical situation.
3: I do. So what we've got is we've got Doug and Sarah, who they are on their second marriage. They both have children from a prior marriage. And But so none together, right? None together. Okay. And that's right. where
0: that's where this is important.
3: At, well, and that would be our hypothetical with the train. Let's got get it. it really complicated. So I didn't want to go too complicated to start. But so Doug has a daughter, Mary. And Sarah has twin sons, Brad and Chad. Perfect. Okay. So we're just talking about the IRAs here and and to not overly complicate it. But Doug has a $500,000 IRA. He's named Sarah as his spouse. His
0: wife. His wife.
3: As the primary beneficiary. Okay. And then he's got his daughter, Mary, as the contingent beneficiary. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Okay. Sarah also has an IRA, about $200,000. She names Doug, her husband, as the primary beneficiary, and then Brad and Chad are the contingent beneficiaries, okay?
0: Okay, so, so far we're pretty clean.
3: Right, so let's talk about exactly what that is, right? So a primary beneficiary is the named person or people that if they are alive when you die, they will take control of that account and that asset so that it's theirs to do with as they see fit pretty simple. Sure. A contingent or an alternate beneficiary or a secondary beneficiary depending on the type of account, that person or people are only going to take if all of the primary beneficiaries have died before you did. Okay? So Is
0: that a stopgap sort of because if if your primary changes or say like they died, you would need to put in new primaries, right?
3: Yeah, it's basically so you don't have to put in a new primary beneficiary, because that happens a lot, where you name a primary, that person has died, so then it's the contingents that take. But what people get really confused about, especially in second marriage situations, is, is what that contingent does not do, it doesn't mean that in Doug's situation, it doesn't mean that Sarah gets that IRA while she's alive and then when Sarah passes it doesn't go to Mary Mm. and people get a little confused by that they just kind of assume that Doug's IRA is ultimately going to end up with Mary because she's the contingent the reality is what happens is Sarah gets the beneficiary, she's the beneficiary, she gets that IRA. It's her account to do with as she sees fit. So she can turn around and put her own beneficiaries on that.
0: So in a case where Doug would die first, his IRA goes to his wife, Sarah. Correct. Okay.
3: And then what she normally would do is she would either combine that with her existing IRA or open a new account. But she has full control over that account to do with as she sees fit. So guess what? If she gets remarried for a third time, she can name her now third husband on that as the beneficiary if she wants to. So what happens is... Mary is never really going to get that IRA unless Sarah specifically names her as one of the beneficiaries. So instead, it would probably go to Sarah's children which would be Brad and Chad not to marry.
0: Is that being disinherited?
3: It is a little bit, right? That's the
0: word you always see in the movie. I'm writing you out of the will. You're you're disinherited. So she's out, right? She
3: she is, right? Unless unless Doug has provided for her in some other capacity as part of his estate plan, as it relates to this particular account that we're talking about, because Sarah was alive when Doug passed away, that's Sarah's account's. Mary will never get anything from that.
0: We're talking about making sure beneficiaries are properly designated. So um, this is a hypothetical. Doug and Sarah, their second marriage, they both have adult children. Doug has one daughter. Sarah has two sons. So if Sarah dies first, her IRA goes to Doug, the husband. He could combine it with that IRA, and he's got full control as well to name new beneficiaries.
3: Correct. Correct. Or what he could do is, is he combines it with his existing IRA, and if he doesn't update the beneficiaries, what happens is his daughter Mary is the contingent beneficiary, so as long as she's alive when he passes, now that full 700000 becomes hers, so now Brad and Chad have been disinherited from Sarah's IRA.
0: Okay. So that, that can get bumpy then. Okay. In the case where they would die simultaneously.
3: So dying simultaneously is the one time where both sets of children would inherit here. Okay. And simultaneously can mean multiple different things, depending on what the estate plan says might be within a five day period. It could be within a 60 day period, depending on the terms. But basically what happens is both Doug and Sarah are treated as being predeceased to each other, which means there is no primary beneficiary on either one of their accounts that's living, which means then it passes to their contingent beneficiaries. So Doug's IRA goes to Mary, and Sarah's IRA goes to Brad and Chad. Mm, so that's mm-hmm. the one situation where the alternate or contingent beneficiaries would take.
0: See, and those are solid because those are clear lines. It might not be quote fair, right? And that's where the human part of the estate plan comes in.
3: It, it is. And and we use the the second marriage situation here is is that's where things get a little muddier, right? If it's a first marriage and Doug leaves everything to Sarah and Sarah leaves everything to their three kids from their from their marriage that's not as much of an issue because there isn't a disinheritance there. It's with these second marriages and blended families that we see a lot of unintended consequences because people don't fully understand the contingent beneficiary situation.
0: And these are things you review when you're doing estate plans.
3: Absolutely. That is a critical piece. So doing the estate plan and the documents is really important, but then making sure that your beneficiary designations align with what your true intent is to make sure that plan follows through with with what you want to have.
0: Amen to that. Jill Martin, our estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management, heading up our estate planning team. Thank you. Good stuff.
3: You're welcome.
0: Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. Know the Difference with Annex Wealth Management. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Hi. A lot of talk about people retiring early we also hear stories about people regretting retiring early. Do you need to go from straight up working to entirely retired? Maybe not. Maybe what you need to consider is trying it on, maybe on a part-time basis. Maybe you can call it retirement dating, and that's what we're going to talk about. End. Before any of these steps are in place, you got to have a plan in place.
4: You absolutely do. You need to understand your cash flows, your resources, the viability of those resources to be able to work in a tax-efficient manner on your behalf.
0: First suggestion for people trying retirement on in a part-time basis, try out different retirement destinations. I know you've kind of dug into this.
4: Yeah, I really have. So especially as we get closer to a transition like retirement, we might have this vision that starts to blossom and come into fruition of what we imagine our retirement might be like. We see ourselves there. You know, maybe we've communicated that with a life partner. Maybe we haven't. If we haven't, never is too late to start that communication. (laughs) But if it involves something dramatically different than the current situation, like a change in locale, then you really need to give that some thought and try it out. And not necessarily as a tourist going to a resort and spending a week there. Really immerse yourself in that different location. So You're checking out the social environment, the weather, the viability and the closeness of the resources you need. Like how easy is it to get your groceries. What's the accessibility to your health care? How are the roads if you have to drive to and from every day on this road? You know, so really checking that out. I can't tell you how many clients I've heard that have gone to different locations. And within a couple of years, they said, you know what, I had no idea the traffic was this bad, or I had no idea it would be such a, a terrible plane ride just for my family to come or me to see them. And they end up moving again.
0: Next up, if you're thinking about trying out retirement on a part-time basis, play around with how you're going to use your free time. And that is a big challenge.
4: Yeah, it's how you're going to fill those 40 hours that you used to spend at work and what you see yourself doing. Are you the babysitting grandparent? And if so, what's the balance of family time and you time, right? Are you the person who likes to volunteer all the time? And what does that look like? Does taking up a hobby you never had before when you were working – make your soul sing. The thing about that, that we have to be careful of in this case is sometimes we, if you're an A-type personality, especially dive into that hobby full-time and all of a sudden it can feel like work. How about your gardening thing? All the time. You know, so this is interesting, Danny. So I'm a master gardener volunteer. I thought this would be what I'd want to do in retirement. And I'm a ways off in retirement, but I went ahead and got my certification while I'm still working because I found that I took a look at my budget and I was spending so much money on my own garden. And I had to do some soul searching and say, is it about my garden or just gardening? And I realized that I could volunteer. That made me happy to a public ground. I could see the fruition. I was doing the act that was it. Hey, saves my budget and kind of taught me a little lesson about balance, too, for the future.
0: Interesting you mentioned budget. There's another suggestion is to try living with your retirement budget ahead of time. Why is that important?
4: You know, one miscalculation that we do tend to see are people thinking they're going to spend less in retirement. I mean, who really wants to cut back on their lives all of a sudden when they've got this extra time? So, looking at resources, what they've saved, income, and what they have left over, and maybe if they want to leave anything for future generations, set your goals first. Understanding this exercise and knowing what you can spend is actually a powerful exercise. It gives you a powerful advantage when you're planning for retirement, it builds you up for success because you can make choices. That then based upon what you can spend. Now, people who start thinking about who they want to be, what they want to do, where they want to do it, who they want to do it with, it really empowers them with knowing they have the resources and they tend to start their transition into retirement on a happier note, or at least a less frustrating one.
0: Remember, happy retirement, like a happy relationship, it takes soul searching. You mentioned that earlier. That's a conversation that we have with all of our clients. What is it that you want? What what is it that's important to you?
4: Absolutely. We're not retiring from something. We're retiring to something. And this is important no matter what age you are. You know, we have an awful lot of 40-somethings that are doing the FIRE method and want to retire early as well. Then they've got even more decades of what am I going to do to make me happy? So this is a much deeper holistic conversation than just am i going to run out of money.
0: You know, I just read a piece recently, you know, there's this huge thing called the great resignation that's people that retire early and then it has turned into the great regret and you don't want that.
4: No, you definitely don't want that. And we all know people too who have worked worked worked, retired and then passed away because they have no goals, no ideals, nothing to look forward to. So we are a social race, the human beings. We need, again, to have something to dream for, to think about, to long for, to want to do.
0: Have you heard the stories of people that have retired and then regretted it?
4: Yeah. Or, you know, also they've hugged onto their dream no matter what. Like we have people who say, OK, I'm done now. I'm getting that boat. I'm getting that RV. And they sell their house. They immerse themselves fully in this. Well, kudos for them. But then they find out, oh, gosh, I'm a little seasick or that <laughs> RV breaks down all the time. I don't want to do this or it's hard to get my mail or now I can't see my kids. So that's why picking a location, finding a lifestyle and testing the water, kind of dating it a little bit to and through the transition of retirement. Can really help you settle into a happier future
0: it's important folks get a plan investment retirement planning tax planning estate planning that's what we do as a fee-only fiduciary know the difference our website Annexwealth.com. click that get started button start that wealth metric process Deanne Phillips director of client learning and development CFP CDFA at annex wealth management thank you
4: hey thanks for having me
0: this is money talk the annex wealth management show and there's more to come quick break we're gonna be back on 92.5 Fox News Dave Spano from annex wealth
1: management Life is feeling more like it used to. Things we missed are coming back. A family visit, time with friends, a trip to someplace special, and putting things in order. Annex can be your partner when it comes to investment and retirement planning so you can turn your attention to what really matters, living your best life. There's so many moving pieces when it comes to proper planning. Spend your time doing things that bring you joy. A trip to AnnexWealth.com is the place to start. Click the Get Started button. We'll take a look at your current investments and see what works and what doesn't. From there, we'll present unbiased advice with the goal of creating an investment and retirement plan for you and your family that includes tax and estate planning. This is important and time is precious. Partner with a local fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management, AnnexWealth.com.
0: Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, website AnnexWealth.com. You can click that Get Started button to get some help. If you got a question, you got to look for the Ask tab. Click that, and uh, we will answer that. We get back to everybody. Some of them wind up on the radio. This first one, and it might be the whole segment because it's, it's a fairly complex question, is from Tess. My husband and I are in our late 60s. It appears it is wise at this point in our life to purchase investment products that do not yield high capital gain distributions on which we will be taxed. We now have Social Security and soon RMD, etc., and capital gain distributions add to our taxes. If I'm understanding this correctly, the advantage of capital gain distributions is it raises the cost basis. But at our age, would we be better served not purchasing these types of mutual funds because eventually our investments will go to our children when we pass, and they have the benefit of stepped-up basis as these are non-qualified investments. Big question to tackle that. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, a CAP and a CDFA and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hello. Hello. And Randy Winkler. Randy is a CAP and a Wealth Manager and former head of the Financial Planning Department. So very qualified. Welcome. Thanks, Danny Where do we start with this one, Deanne?
4: I think we have to start from a high level first and talk about taxes in general and just addressing, which I think is a very astute question, mutual funds versus non-mutual funds as investment vehicles and how the taxes work. So, yes, when you own a mutual fund, that fund manager is making trades on your behalf throughout the year by the end of the calendar year, gains or losses that are within that fund that have been made pass out to the then shareholders. So if the fund has done really well and you've been making money, you might get capital gains that you have to pay. And that's even if you just bought the fund, if you own it when they're passed out. So yes, that can impact people's taxes. Looking at this year, of course, last year was a really great year for many mutual funds. But the beginning of this year, we remember the the war and how tumultuous the markets have been. And we say, wait a minute, I've got a tax liability. It's because those funds made money for you last year. Now, an exchange-traded fund works differently. Same thing, a basket of securities, only you don't get those realized gains or losses until you sell within your own portfolio. So there's some tax advantages to ETFs.
5: Yes, and we use some mutual funds that kick off a lot of capital gains, and we don't mind that, but we'll use them in a Roth or an IRA where we're not concerned with capital gains. For a not what's called a non-qualified account, if someone is very tax sensitive, we can avoid those and use exchange-traded funds.
4: Absolutely. So there's some tax placement, we call, within investments, some strategies that can be done to help uh, take a look at the different multiple sources of income. And Tess mentioned Social Security, which really isn't taxed. It's an ad back for tax and anywhere from zero to 85 percent of your Social Security's tax. So it sounds like she's got that going. RMDs, she references, which are those required minimum distributions. Everyone has to take those from an IRA or a qualified plan at the age of 72. So there's some tax planning around income flows also.
5: Yes, and something to keep in mind here, and this may sound radical, but because nobody wants to pay taxes. But if you're paying taxes, something good happened. You had income, you sold some property or an investment at a gain. There's a lot of people, and we see this fairly often, well, they'll, they'd rather have a bad investment that's tax efficient than a good investment that isn't. It's very important, but we have to be careful not to let the, the tax tail wag the investment dog, which is a saying in our industry.
4: Very true, Randy. And you know, it appears here, not knowing this client, that Tess has a legacy plan for the children. She mentions that her assets will get a step up in basis. So just to clarify that, that would be a non-qualified account, like a typical brokerage style account, where maybe you buy an asset for $100, and at the time of your passing, it's grown to $200. Well, in an IRA, it doesn't matter, because every dollar you pull out is taxed to your income. But in a brokerage style, or what we call a taxable account, non-IRA, At your passing, that cost basis or that $100 would get a step up to your date of death. So that $100 becomes $200. It passes along to your heirs then with potentially no tax consequence. So this is a great usage for legacy planning. She doesn't mention it, but a Roth or a Roth contribution, or in her case, if they're not at RMD age, a Roth conversion conversion if the math works out right, might be good for her as well because Roth IRAs, you never have to take an RMD from. They're great for future generations because when you pass them along to the next generation, they can let them build up and then within the 10-year period, they do have to take it all out and drain the account, but everything they pull out is completely income tax-free.
5: Yeah, taxes are such an important thing to factor into your plan because there's so many, we like to call them tripwires, where if you go $1 over a certain thing, something's going to happen. You're going to jump and pay more in Medicare. You're going to hit uh, what's called net investment income tax. Suddenly uh, move over into another tax bracket. So somebody described it once to me as squeezing a balloon. You know, if you push in one part that's sticking out, something else is going to stick out. So with taxes, you got to factor everything into the mix and see what effect is this going to have. And if we do something this year that may appear to be negative, maybe it has a positive down the road. conversions, as you mentioned, if you can do enough of them, maybe you don't even have RMDs in the future if you can completely convert your entire IRA.
4: See, Randy, I love that. So we have tax professionals or CPAs. They help us save money in the current tax year. But CFPs and planners help you save money over time.
0: This is the way we think at Annex Wealth Management. This is what we do for every single client when we're looking at everything that they've got and talking to them, having the conversation about what their wishes are from here on out. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary, know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Deanne Phillips, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Randy Winkler, appreciate it. Great to be here. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back on 92. 5 Fox News Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Joined by Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Tom. Hey, Danny. Well, I'm starting this segment with an apology, my friend. You and I were discussing the Retirement Plan Services Department at Annex Wealth Management, and I guess the number of clients you and the
6: team handle at a far lower number than you and the team handle. Sorry, buddy. Hey, Danny, I saw that as a total compliment because that means we're obviously uh, doing a lot of good work with the resources that we have. So I thought that was a compliment.
0: Well, you do a lot more than I thought and that makes sense because Retirement Plan
6: Services is a department. It's well staffed and that's how you provide the client service that you do. It is. And we don't forget, you know, we take advantage of the core team. We're supported by the investment committee, the marketing group, your team uh, does a lot for us and obviously the financial planning department as well. So we are core group does a lot of good work, but we are also supported by everybody else. So I was thinking it
0: might be helpful to kind of paint the picture as to the types of companies that we provide services for, because it's a wide range. And maybe there's a company owner, a CFO, an HR professional, a small business leader listening that's going to hear a company like theirs and decide that Annex Wealth Management's Retirement Plan Services would be a great tool in attracting and retaining talent. I hear that's the hot thing right now.
6: Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's get into it. You told me we've got a client that's a startup. And that's fantastic. Like a business in a garage kind of a startup. So here's where you start getting into the vernacular that we use in the 401k business. Uh, What I was referring to is actually not where the company is a startup, but the 401k plan itself is a startup. So there are cases where someone's starting up a company and then coincidentally with that, they get a 401k going. But what happens a lot of times is companies have been around for a little while, they're starting to grow, they're hiring some more employees, and they say, now we want to start bringing in some benefits. Let's start up a 401k plan. And we have a number of clients with whom we've helped out on that end. Very nice. So how do we approach them? It's somebody that's adding it in? Yeah, this is where you'll see as we go through the progression of this, it is different because the clients are different. So usually in that case, they don't have a lot of experience with a 401k. So the role that I play is very educational and handholding of these are the things you're going to expect. Here's how it's going to work from an administrative functional standpoint. We're really holding hands a lot. It's interesting. Some of those smaller startup plans actually they require more work on our part because there's so much education and exploration on behalf of the client. So it's a really it's a fun and fulfilling experience. Really. It's a clean sheet of paper. I mean, you're going zero to 60. That's the other thing that's really fun about it is we don't need to start by fixing anything. We can start from scratch and get it going right away in, the, in a good way. Next jump up
0: is, say let's say a medium-sized company, right? With the Annex Wealth Management Retirement Plan Services world, what constitutes a medium-sized company?
6: This is, again, where when we talk about 401k plans, a lot of times people focus on the assets in the plan. And for us, that is really immaterial. We look at how many employees do you have and how spread out are they? Do Are you at 10 different locations or just two different locations or something like that? And so if a medium-sized employer for us is in that 50 employees to 150 employees range, I would say, because the way that we interact with that kind of spectrum is, is reasonably consistent across our client base. That's a good amount of employees to be taken care of, though. It is. Oh yeah, it is indeed. You know, they're all obviously important to to work with, but we've got some bigger ones as well. Okay. Uh, With more employees, I imagine the breadth of services we provide is maybe a little wider? You know, it's less the the services themselves and more the manner in which we deliver them. So if there are multiple locations that creates opportunities and maybe some challenges there as well, but also the types of employees are very important. Some people are really good with technology, other employee bases are less so. We offer both in person and online engagement in varying levels with employees. And so what we find is certain employers, we're doing a lot more on-site stuff, and then other employers say, hey, we really like the virtual interaction. And so, and then others, it's a combination of the two. Then I'm thinking of maybe even like a manufacturing company, right? You've got executive level, you've got management level, and Mm -hmm. then you've got the people out in the shop. Yeah, so even within companies, really good point, Danny, our engagement approach varies. We really do try to tailor it to the employee, him or herself.
0: With Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management, where we work with companies at the startup level. And today I learned that it actually wasn't somebody in a garage. It's just somebody who's never had a plan before. Medium-sized companies and large companies as well. Without naming names, can you describe
6: large companies that we work with and how we do that with them? what's different with these clients is you're talking, you know, 150 and above and up to over a thousand or more employees. So usually those employers have more robust benefits departments. Those are going to be the clients who tend to have investment committees, whereas some of the smaller ones do not. And so, and there's a level of sophistication there. Not that they're more sophisticated people. It's just, they have a lot more experience having had a bigger plan and, you know, the things that come up. So our engagement on the employee side doesn't change as much it does on scale. But our interaction with the employer, the fiduciaries in that case, is usually a little bit different just because their level of experience is different. I want to underline this, big or small, our goal is the same. It's a high level of service. Absolutely. And in the end, the employees are the priority. Yet yeah, there are different ways to arrive at that. But that's what we really pride ourselves on. So if this conversation has piqued
0: anybody's interest, if you need to build up a retirement plan services or maybe get a second look at what you got now, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Tom?
6: Best way to contact us is check out our website, AnnexWealth.com. You're going to find a page for the 401k team and you'll see how to get a hold of us. Investment, retirement planning, tax
0: planning, estate planning, retirement plan services. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that get started button start the wealth metric process. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, April 3rd. Quick break, we're going to be back. More to come, 92.5 Fox News. Ever feel like investment and retirement planning is one gigantic game of whack-a-mole? Up pops market volatility, a virus, a war. It goes on and on, and frankly, it can be a little exhausting. Tired of playing games on the way to retirement? It's time for Wealth Metric from Annex Wealth Management. More than a portfolio review, it addresses your investment, retirement, and tax plan to help achieve the retirement you desire. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference. Annex Wealth Management. We're back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Dave Spano, our president and CEO, if I may say so. I've really enjoyed the show today. Uh, Covered a bunch. The importance of proper beneficiaries. We talked about trying retirement on part-time. Ask Annex. We talked about our retirement plan services department up next is we're gonna be talking about the great divorce it's really a great representation of what we do and how we do it.
1: Well, you know, the key of course is the fact that this is not just an investment only firm and there are a lot of firms that are just that, but it is wealth inclusive. And what I mean by that is it's the tax plan, it's the estate plan, it is the investment plan all together and that really is a big deal, especially when you think about how the real estate market here in Southwest Florida has been uh, your house, your real estate is now a bigger part of your portfolio and here in South was Florida was top 10 in the United States for appreciation. And so people have what's called the wealth effect and they feel wealthier because their house prices is, uh, is up. Their equities are up. Their stock portfolio is up. And so the wealth effect is in place, especially when your real estate is going up. But that could turn around if interest rates start to go up further and slow down the real estate market.
0: But if you're used to a high level of service because you've been successful all the way through your career, there's nothing wrong with eliminating a lot of the hassles when it comes to all the things that involve an investment and retirement plan.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that unless you think you can do it yourself a whole lot better than the lawyers, CPAs, and PhDs that we have on staff.
0: But a lot of times you've got... You, know, you got that guy that you met 20 years ago yeah. that you haven't heard from in 10, well,
1: right? If that's the case, you probably should. You know, But if it is your friend, it's your longtime golfing buddy. We're not trying to you know, upset the apple cart. But a second set of eyes on what you own is helpful. And the reason why I bring that up is because some sectors that have been doing really, really well up to this point may be laggards going forward. And the laggards may be leaders. And there's ways to know if you're in the right areas.
0: You want a steady hand on the tiller that is for sure. And what Annex Wealth Management does as a fee only fiduciary is the investment and retirement planning, the tax planning, the estate planning. Fee only fiduciary, complete fee transparency, that's important. But what you need in your hands is what we call Wealth Metric. That's our decades of team insight, all of our state of the art technology. We want to better serve our clients. It is more than a portfolio review. It considers your investment, your retirement and your tax plan to answer those questions like how am I doing and every once in a while if you think what am I missing? We can help. It's annexwealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Back in a bit, there's still more to come on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 925 Fox News. Those new smartwatches give you all sorts of insights on your personal health, heart rate, steps, all right there. Wealth Metric gives you key insights on your financial health. If you're looking for analysis and data on your financial health, get your Wealth Metric by visiting annexwealth.com. Know the difference? Deanne Phillips is part of the team at Annex. She is Director of Client Learning and Development. She's a CFP, CDN. That's a certified divorce financial analyst and welcome back.
4: Thank you. Hi, Danny.
0: This is a conversation about what's called the gray divorce. And how do you define that, Deanne?
4: Well, that's actually means when you split up or divorce after the age of 50, they call it gray for whatever reason. But as we both know, there are a few things more devastating than divorce, both emotionally and financially, unfortunately. But when it happens to older people, there is potentially more of an impact on your retirement.
0: In fact, divorce rates for people over 50 has more than doubled since 1990. And mm-hmm. you said it's harrowing, it's, it's messy. So if you get divorced after 50, you expect your wealth to drop by 50%. Now that's not a surprise and it's more complex than that.
4: It is. Uh, The economic impact can be really tough, especially if a couple is unaware of their financial picture and what it'll look like after their assets are split. And, you know, sometimes, Danny, people are unaware of what their financial assets look like before they split, too, or while they're a happily married couple. But income after divorce needs to be addressed as well. This is all about the financial planning aspect. Now, perhaps the couple was counting on both Social Security payments, for example, to run one household. Now they might be looking at two checks running two households and each person receives only one payment to run their own household. That can definitely leave a threat to standard of living as well. So researchers have found that a divorced woman who's over the age of 50 could actually see a standard of living drop by 45 percent. And that's actually double the decline for younger divorced women.
0: Now, people get divorced for a zillion different reasons. Right. I, I did see that one of the reasons couple divorce is what happens in retirement. Yeah, They hit retirement and they find incompatibility and they find conflict. We really do encourage people to kind of walk through that discussion of expectations in retirement.
4: Well, right. Because if you think about it, a lot of households have both people in the married couple working. So really think about how much time you spend with your work family as opposed to your own family. We try to spend, you know, as much time as we can with our the family we choose, but we spend so much time at work that all of a sudden when they retire, they find themselves spending so much time together and they have to find this new compatibility because they really are different human beings. We have aged and we've got this experience and now it's all the time to hit all those hobbies and bucket list. And it's really important you have an open Honest discussion with your significant other and share your hopes and desires and dreams because we could be living a lot longer, hopefully, in retirement.
0: That's right. We're talking about the gray divorce with Deanne Phillips. That's for people over 50, and it happens more and more. Deanne, once the dust has settled, or maybe it's still settling, Anybody who's going through or gone through a divorce needs a solid financial plan. You said that earlier, but even more so for the gray divorces.
4: That's very true. And that's, again, because of the, the income hit as well as the cut in assets to draw from in retirement. But there are several things to look at. And, you know, this is true of any Um, trauma that might happen to your financial plan, just understanding your financial plan and, and the vision, the cash flowing that happens, what your needs are, the budget. You know, if there's still a child in a household, obviously that budget has greater demands and your tax rate's going to change. So the effective time and date of the year of divorce is the date it's finalized. So for example, even if it's December 30th, you're divorced for that entire year. So you need to work with, you know, your planner and your accountant on your tax rate change. You know, catch up contributions in your 401k or 5 or 3B, if you're over the age of 50, you can actually put more away for your retirement. So it's important to look and say, what can I do to get more put away now for my future? Which maybe closer to retirement than you were you know, when you first got married. There's an impact on Social Security, which we covered. You need to redo that estate plan. You need to think about health insurance, how you're going to be covered. Daniel, a lot of times people come to us and their first question is, when can I retire? That answer might change. These are all financial planning questions that a planner can help you with.
0: So Deanne, you're a CDFA. That's a Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. What have you learned over the years as far as the steps to take.
4: By the time people are working their way through the divorce they're realizing they're going to have to split their assets and this is really where a financial planner can really help you and as a CDFA what I do is focus on the after impact I mean I, I know how to split that pension what the tax consequences are that kind of thing. So it goes a little bit more in depth of splitting assets. We work with attorneys through and then after the process too. What we don't want are people to be... so. Surprise to the downside when they take a look at the leftover income, leftover assets, and then they just don't have questions answered like, when can I retire? So engaging a financial planner toward the beginning of that process, like after you've been served, is really important.
0: Talking about the gray divorce, Deanne Phillips, part of the team at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for
4: your time. Thanks for having me. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management, one team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com.
0: Back in the show, and I want to remind you on AnnexWealth.com, right there on the front page, our four-part video series called "Moving in Retirement." Episode one: Who will you be? Episode two: What do you want? Episode three: What should you research? And episode four: You're moving now. What? It's great stuff, and again, free for the free for the asking, free for the looking at AnnexWealth.com. And if we can help, click that get started button at AnnexWealth.com. Derek Felske, our Chief Investment Officer, is here. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management.
1: You know, I'm looking over here, Derek, and I'm thinking if the axiom of 40 years is still accurate today, and that was, do you remember back to Dartmouth and and the U of Penn days when they talked about 60-40 portfolios and the idea that that was the way to manage risk and participate in the upside as well? That hasn't changed
2: no well it hasn't although the near term results certainly have i mean jim cramer always talks about diversification as being the only free lunch well in the past 3 months that 60 40 portfolio and by that i mean 60% s&p 40% long-term treasury is actually down 6.2% with both components down roughly the same amount and that is a very unusual circumstance and, and 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 primarily because you know we've had just strange things affecting the bond market whether it's the Fed's intrusion there whether it's these inflationary pressures that really have been aggravated by the pandemic and supply constraints but generally speaking over the long haul that has worked very well for folks and typically what you see them do is rebalance but in case where both pieces are down, you're really not rebalancing much. What we're talking about doing with our portfolios is rebalancing within our fixed income allocation to basically go more towards the, the very treasuries that have hurt people the last three to six and months. And I hate
1: to use this term, trust the science, because obviously some people's hair will go on fire. But, you know, there is a science part of this. And then there, of course, is the art part. And the art part is you look at the 60-40, 60 being one index and 40 being the other index i not all sixty forty portfolios are created equal and that is really the art. When you go into the sixty part of the equity, how is it made up in the forty percent of fixed income? How is that made up? And that is really the secret sauce.
2: Oh absolutely. I mean in, in our case, you know, we have had an allocation to international equities and they struggled uh, during the first quarter. Although the valuations there are certainly much better. The, the the weighting in the tech sector in particular is much less, and that was a negative negative factor for the prior couple of years but certainly wasn't in the first quarter. So, broad diversification in a period where uncertainty is as high as it is right now makes a lot of sense to me. It's really hard right now, given the rally we've seen in the energy stocks, for example, to continue betting that energy prices will go higher, because we all know there's a war premium built into oil prices. And while there are uh, supply constraints that have been put on arbitrarily by the Biden administration and Europe as a whole, I think there is a recognition now that energy is a a strategic asset and it has to be applied in many different ways, not just green, but also it's going to have to involve carbon fuels as well.
1: Yeah. And I know we're running out of time. There's so much for us to talk about, but we didn't talk about the release of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And as we end the show, just give us an up-to-date point on that.
2: Well, Biden suggests suggested they're going to release a million barrels a day for the next 6 months which just so happens to coincide with election day the midterm elections and and certainly any number of people are very concerned about higher oil prices and the effect that could have on voter turnout and who they choose to, to elect to the house and the senate
1: Geez, Derek, of course, you have to make politics out of this thing, don't you? We had a great show, Danny. And, of course, Derek's got to end it on a political point Pretty of view. Pretty subtle. Yeah, it was a little subtle. And, Danny, just with 30 seconds left or so, it is now important to go into your portfolio and make sure you're in the right positions as inflation stays high and the Federal Reserve tries to thread the needle.
0: There is a whole lot that goes into a well-crafted investment and retirement plan, and it takes a big team, an experienced team, a fiduciary team with all of the insight, all of the technology. We want to better serve you as our clients. You need wealth metric. It is more than a portfolio review. Answers those questions. How are you doing and what might you be missing? Can you take us up on that? Hit that get started button this weekend. Hope so. See you in a week. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be back next Sunday at noon right here, 92.5 Fox News.